0: hello and welcome to on the sofa with SGI. each month we'll be speaking to some of our fantastic recruitment professionals and giving you an insight into the world of recruitment i'm your host demi the talent acquisition manager at source group international and you can listen to our podcast on all major streaming platforms and you can find us on linkedin at source group international Welcome to our first ever episode of On the Sofa with SGI. In this episode, we're going to be talking about learning and development. I'm joined by Gavin Tu, one of our co-founders, and Nick Gates and me, our People Director. Thank you both for joining me. I'm really looking forward to hearing your answers.
1: Thanks for having me, first of all. Um, my role in the business. Um, yeah, well, it's quite hard to put down, but I will give it a stat. So, do I start, we, we organize the business into two core pillars strategically, one being performance and the other being well-being. So performance, we break into three sections, people, customer sales, well-being, health, social and learning. And I suppose my responsibility is to help the business achieve the highest possible performance in those two pillars and those six areas. So ultimately, it's about making sure that we're building an environment that can achieve its goals and to achieve its goals people have to achieve their goals so uh, fundamental to everything we do every day is improvement and progress progress being one of our core values Um, and you know I don't want to get into the technicalities too much but I can philosophically my job is to look at the business and try and help people achieve their potential and help them high perform and help them work in an environment that um, they value and they can uh, achieve their goals. I think there are there are lots of things that are under my purview. So whether that's good financial governance, obviously we have a CFO that's responsible for that, whether it's creating a great environment, whether it's customer um, excellence, whether it's, you know, people and performance. So we break them down into sections, but it would be a bit arrogant of me to say that I was in charge of all of that because we then have very specialist people who are fantastic at their job, um, you know, who take responsibility for those areas. But. Ultimately, it's about looking at everything all of the time and trying to make it better. And I think traditionally, you know, you have a CEO at the top of the company um, and, you know, everything is kind of cascading down from that. But my personal view is that we do it the other way around. I'm at the bottom of the company trying to facilitate great people to achieve great things. So I can give you a really vague answer. And I think that gives you a kind of, as I said, a philosophical overview. You know, the technicalities are far more in depth, you know, but... Hopefully that answers your question. As director of people, uh, my role really
2: is um, probably sits as a core part of what traditionally you might call HR or talent management. I work alongside uh, the wonderful Helen Dilts, who looks after more of the classic performance management from legalities, life cycle of an employee joining and leaving the business and fostering that side of stuff. For me, my role is focused on predominantly getting the best talent in, working alongside the lovely Demi sat next to me, um, and also making sure that the development opportunities are there for people and the part where those two overlap really is around culture and performance. So um, just like Gavin said, it's really about enabling people through getting the best people into work alongside them, offering the best development opportunities to reach that potential by improving performance and improving the culture and the well-being in the company. Thank you.
0: So I'll start with you, Gavin. As our co-founder and with many years of experience, can you tell us a bit about why you've put so much emphasis on ensuring that there is a learning and development
1: plan in place for our new people? Sure. Because why have we done that? Because um, one of our main aspirations as a business is high performance. And without learning and development, you can't achieve high performance. So our organising thought, which is the thoughts that guide everything that we try and achieve in the business, is about discovering your potential. And the concept's... You know, that exists there is about reaching new heights and discovering markets that you never achieved before. Um, and without learning, you can't do that. So if you think about it logically in a non-work related sense, I can't think of anything that you achieve in life where you don't learn and where you don't have to improve and where you don't need to see progress in order to reach new heights. So you could be playing the piano, you could be learning to ride a bike, uh, you could be doing recruitment, you could be a sports person, But the whole emphasis is on training. The whole emphasis is on reviewing performance so that you can reach new markets. So I think a core value has to be that. Um, And I think if you look beyond the world of recruitment, we need to iterate all the time in order to achieve greater things. So if we don't make um, L&D the heart of everything that we do, we can't have the reasonable expectation of continuing to grow as we have as a business. So it's front and centre, and for me, educating people, educating ourselves, um, and not just ourselves, yourselves, you know, it's like, how can we do better, how can we do more, is utterly central to providing a really supportive environment that achieves market-leading results. Is yeah.
0: that good? I love that. Good? That was great. Great? great? I was like waiting for the pause. <laughs> 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 um, okay, so on to you, Nick. Can you talk us
2: through the development of the L&D function at SGI? I'd love to. Um, I think if we're talking about the development of the function, realistically, the first thing to say is that I joined the business at a very early stage for a business to be investing in learning and development. I've been here now for three years, and Gavin and Lawrence brought me on board to help build a function that was kind of world-class at a stage where actually it was still really, really young. And at a, a small stage, the growth we've seen has been phenomenal. But... It's because of that central focus on training, developing and people reaching that potential that's allowed us to do it. So the function now and really comes under the premise of what is learning. And a lot of people focus on learning being about just going into a classroom, doing some training, that side of things. Actually, it's much more than that. It's about the knowledge you share with your colleagues over lunch, the listening into people around you, the access to a good manager who develops you and sets time up with you to make development for you a priority so the the training and the learning that we offer at the business is all about enabling all those parts from the way that we manage performance the sessions and the the sales meetings aren't just about saying to you you need to do this it's about teaching you the way to prioritize plan your day to develop to the training programs that we offer for experienced staff, but also the main driver that we've got running through at the moment is what we call the VETs, which is our onboarding program, which is about getting people who have no experience in recruitment, fully consistent, high performance recruitment consultants over that first six months and making sure they have the opportunity to discover that potential in recruitment. And I think one of the big things for me with that is you often hear the phrase from experienced recruiters of I've just fell into recruitment. And actually we all, choose it and we choose it because of the opportunity but that's meritocracy you can step up at your own rate or whether it's about commissions none of that's possible without a real focus itself. but also the business you're in about the value of learning and developing those new skills and that's what we've really focused on as a business i
0: love that so what was
2: the thought process behind the vectors and how did we get to where we are now so the the vectors has evolved since we've Initially put it in about a year ago to where we're at today. And the main focus is now having a program that offers a six-month layered development program. What that means is that you're getting the training as you're implementing it. So you're not getting two weeks, super intense at the start, and then you kind of left your own devices and we'll see how you go. Um, So we're staggering your development in line with the way you're building your desk. So every time you're implementing something new on desk, you're getting the development you need. To implement that, whether that's new skills, systems usage, understanding, and support from your manager in terms of going on calls, shadowing them, having them review your progress, but also it's about giving people a clear roadmap of what the standards are that they need to be hitting, so they can be in control of their own development. There's a there's a strong theme through most of our employee value proposition, which strengths on fo- uh, focuses on hacking your own development. At the end of the day, we hire people who are what we call intrinsically motivated, they just want to do a good job and the results will come because of it. Those people want autonomy. They want to know that they can be in control of their destiny. They want to feel like they're developing. So we give them loads of opportunity for that. But the roadmap's about allowing them to see the purpose of doing it because they can see the end result, the commission, the career opportunity. And it's about giving them those three things to be able to really achieve, but giving them the learning, the roadmap and the development opportunities to do it.
0: okay <laughs> um okay so can you both talk a bit more about why our training plan at sgi is six months long and a bit about the benefits of what for the people who are new to recruitment
1: yeah well i'll give that a stab um and i'll put it back to you what have you become really good at in under six months
0: understanding the business understanding the culture
1: of the business but if you take a skill take a skill whether it's running or cycling or the piano what can you become good at in under six months so we are asking our staff to become really good not good really good you know, we, we, we are an organization that has outstripped performance in the market um and we have evidence of that these aren't just words we've won awards you know our growth metrics have evidenced that but what we can't do is expect people to become good overnight It just doesn't operate in anything that you do in life, let alone in recruitment. So you have to have a plan that supports people along the way. And you have to give people training and development when they're ready for the next stage so that they continue continually raising the bar and realising a higher potential that they have. And I think also it's from learned experience. You know, I think you bring to the table attitude and skills um, to a certain extent. But the attitude is something you can hone. The skills are something that you can hone. Um, and I think those things need to be developed and looked after, you know, by us so that people can reach their ambitions. And I think we have to look at individual motivations of people. And it doesn't matter what those are. It could be money. It could be progression. It could be recognition. It could be anything. But we need to understand what makes people tick in order to help them reach their potential. And then cumulatively, it will help the company achieve its goals. And I think, you know, when I first started in recruitment, I could bring it's nature nurture, right? My nature was I want to do well. My nature was I want to perform and hit targets, but I needed nurturing. And I had two great people who taught me desk side. We didn't have an L&D function, but I had two great people who taught me desk side um, to give me an example of what good looked like. And I think the reason it's six months is so that we can continue to raise the bar so we can support people at the right pace and push them further than they thought they could. And it's amazing what you can achieve over six months. You know, at, at the and we we talk about this analogy all the time. But if you look at a mountain, the top of the mountain is a long way away, and you probably think, you know, Christ, I can't do, that I can't get up there. If you just take a step every day, before you know it, you're halfway up, and then it becomes eminently achievable. And when he gets to the top of that mountain, you can look at the next mountain and go, actually, I can do that. So what we need to break people's beliefs on what can can be achieved through education and learning and support. And therefore, you need to do that continuously. And if you continuously improve 1% of everything that everybody's doing all of the time, you're going to collectively have a really big compound impact on uh, you know, what you can achieve in terms of your goal orientation as a business. So it has to be, we talk six months, it has to be always. And you know, I'm continually learning. Every time I speak to people, I learn. You know, things aren't what they were when I first started in recruitment. Um, don't laugh. Um, and they change and they will keep changing going forward. Now, the fundamentals are the same, but people are different. We have new technology and new tools and new ways of working. And I think it's really important that we're constantly iterating what we're doing to help people produce better results. And I, I love the point you make about the, the kind of the length of time
2: it takes to learn a new skill. You know, there's that That phrase that sticks around about 10,000 hours it takes to master a skill. The reality is we hope we can speed up 10,000 hours to master recruitment, but you're not going to get that through one intensive course and then go and work it out. It comes from practicing with it, you know, you can all think back to school or whatever. The reason you got homework was to actually understand what you learned in that maths class. It's the same thing with recruitment, just being told how to do it, and having a training session is the solve bit. You need to learn that bit and that bit allows you to learn the next skill. So by doing that and accepting that the learning process takes time, we're both enabling people by giving them the skills. We're allowing them to be accountable for implementing them and driving them. But also we're empowering them because they're not feeling like they're constantly swamped and don't have the skills because they're building that belief in their own capability because they're getting that skill right and cool. Nailed that one, another one down, what do I do next? Like Gavin's saying about getting to the top of the mountain, going, I can now achieve the next part. If it's all super quick, that's a real struggle for people because it feels like, oh my gosh, I am swamped with everything I need to learn. And actually, recruitment should be a difficult job. It is a hard job it takes a lot of effort, But it shouldn't be complex. It should be you get a little piece at a time, you build those skills up because we genuinely believe we can get 95% of people through to that level if they come with the right attitude and mindset. I agree. Um,
0: Final question. Where do you think people go wrong with learning and development and what is it that sets us apart from other companies?
1: Where do they go wrong? Well, what you have... It's culture, I think. What you have to have is an environment where people can fail and people are comfortable with failure. Otherwise, you create a really toxic environment where people then don't push themselves because they're scared to fail. You know, I'll get told off my boss, I won't hit a target, I won't achieve X. Actually, we've got to uh, change the psychology around that, which is like failure is good because it leads you on to progress and it leads you to learning. So I think... I think a lot of companies would look at L and D and go, oh, "Well, train someone and that's it." Actually, you have to look at a whole culture of an organisation, and go, "It's good to fail. Let's fail fast and let's learn and let's achieve results quicker." And I think, who's who's Daniel Pink? What does he do? Autonomy, mastery, purpose. Yeah, what's he's a he's an organisational yeah, organisational
2: psychologist.
1: Um, so yeah. he has a he has this theory: autonomy, mastery, purpose. You can't achieve autonomy in your job, which is pretty much what a lot of people want. They want to have some freedom and they want to have this um, ability to express themselves. You can't have that without failure. You want to achieve mastery in your job. You can't do that just by sitting in the classroom and talking about you know, the best practice of um, how to you know, execute deals. You have to go out and do it. You have to fail. You have to learn. Then you have to improve to make progress. And only then can you achieve mastery. And we talk about purpose, and that people want to achieve certain things in their life. You know, deep down, they go, "Yeah, I want to, I want to earn some money." Do... No, no, no. ultimately, they want to be fulfilled and they want to be happy. And what you have to do is create an environment where people can um, achieve amazing things relevant to them in the workplace. And you're not going to do that if you're not making progress and you're not learning. So you have to build a culture where people go, "I can learn." Because I can fail and because I get support and because I can then see what it's like to go to the next level and achieve those things that drive for, you know, fulfillment in a, in a person. I think that comes into the, even the type of
2: people that we want to hire, right, into the business. And the reason I talk about that now is because you want to be surrounded pe- with people like that, like Gav's talking around in terms of culture. You know, we want people who have failed and turn that into a positive who maybe have failed, realized they didn't know what to do, and asked for help. Actually, our whole business is built around the mentality that you've got to try things and learn them. You can't just go, I'm going to get it right first time. If you if you can master a skill first time every time, it's probably not really a skill. It's just something you can do. But everything takes, whether you learn to snowboard, you learn to ride a bike, or Ski, whatever it is, you're going to have fallen over at some point. And recruitment is like that. You've got to put yourself out there to learn. And to do that, you need to have an environment that's going to make you feel like I'm willing to do this in front of people. If you stood there and people around you were making you feel small for making a mistake, that's the wrong way around. We want people to feel big for having had the try and learn from that mistake. And that's the kind of culture that we really thrive on, whether that's our uh, we have run meetings on a, on a weekly basis that are literally the most junior to the most senior person in the team sitting down and talking about the processes they've got on not just because the seniors want to show up but because they want to share with the other guys and sometimes the junior person spots the obvious thing the experienced person's forgotten about for weeks and actually it's about sharing ideas from each other giving opportunity for creativity like gam's already said Things have changed and they're going to continue to change. If we expect the recruitment world to stand still, we're stupid. And actually, that means that people have to show, well, I've tried this this week, or I've seen this, or my market is now going in this direction. I think we need to take advantage of that. But if we're not thinking we're constantly, learning, that's where we get it wrong. We get stagnant. So I think it's hard to say what other people do wrong because it's always from an outside view. But I think what I can say we get right is definitely that cultural piece, and I think that that understanding that development takes time, but it only comes from people trying new things, failing, and learning from those mistakes, and that has to be fostered and supported in the culture that you work within. That's that said, the one thing I say is it's also about having high standards and high views of what we want to achieve because it drives us to learn faster. That doesn't mean you can't make mistakes along the way, but it does
1: mean you've got to set the goal high. Well, I think, yeah, I, I mean, I would agree with that 100%. We know what good looks like. So we're able to put realistic targets as to what people should be achieving. And make no mistake about it, hiring the right staff is the only strategy that you really need. Because if we hire people with a growth mindset who are prepared to fail, who who are, are prepared to learn, then we make progress. And if we, if they make progress individually, we make progress as a whole. And I think, you know, like Nick says, without commentary on other organisations, if you expect people to know it from day one, you are just set up for fail, and the biggest barrier to performance is yourself. It's like, we have an organisation here that is L&D and learning centric and it's at the very heart of everything that we do. But if you're not the type of person who can put your hand up and go, yeah, that was that was bad, you know, that was rubbish, um, and that's fine. You know, when I first started, I was rubbish. I had potential and I had a load of endeavour, but my skill set was terrible. And you know, the thing that stands the high performers out is they're prepared to try, fail, learn, do, progress. And I think that's so key. If we hire people who don't have who have a closed mindset or a fixed mindset, will fail. If we hire people with a growth mindset will win. It's, I think it's that binary.
2: I'm going to try one more point on top of that. and I think you talk about culture. I think a really nice way to think about it is that element of people with really high standards and working to really high levels but also with the humility to realise they don't know everything. And I think one of the things we we focus on a lot as a business is when it comes to promotions, it's, yes, it's about being triggered by the results you achieve. Absolutely. It's recruitment or a sales orientated business. But there's also an element of assessing the skills, the attitude and behavior, the way in which people service our customers, that is a reflection to go, well, how do we set you up for that next promotion? One of the things we do with that for the more senior promotions is a bit of a 360 about behavior and attitude. And often when somebody is at that really peak performance in different cults and different organizations, they can get to a place where it's like, I am top dog. And you get a little bit of a, an attitude and a culture that come, come in. And I remember the beginning of this year, we did a 360 for one of our top billers. Um, and the average score on his attitude and way he worked with his colleagues was a 4.6 out of 5, which is like a 94% of people saying he's one of the best people just to work with. Forget the skills he does and the billings and results he does. And that comes from one of the top scores he got, he literally scored no one scored him down at a single goals, was the ability to self-analyse his own mistakes and flaws and take advantage of it. And I think that's the kind of culture that drives progress when it comes to learning, where even at the top, everybody is striving to do that little bit better to try and reach that extra bit of potential.
1: And if we don't have that mindset as senior people within the business, it's impossible to expect everyone else to. So I think. What we have to be as an organization is an organization that listens and who puts our hand up and says, Yeah, we got it that wrong. That's fine. So it makes people more comfortable to work in an environment where they say, Actually, I got that wrong, you know, and we can all learn from this. So, so I think that's absolutely key. You know, it has to, it filters down from the top about the environment that you create. And we make a point because it's what we believe of putting our hands up and saying, Yeah, we need to do better. We can do better because that's normal. It's not what happens to you, it's how you respond. So I think, you know, culture is critical in order to achieve peak performance. um, And L&D is just a conduit to achieving that.
0: Thank you, Gavin. That was really insightful. It's so interesting to hear your take on l and D. I I want to thank you both for joining me on the sofa. Nobody understands L&D at SGI like the both of you. Okay, so just to throw a question out there. Don't
1: think too hard. Um, if you could be any animal in the world, what would you be and why? Nick? Oh, uh,
2: Gavin? <laughs> um, oh, I. Uh, I don't want to go with something typical, and so I'm not going to go with the whole dolphin thing or whatever. I'm personally going to choose a caterpillar, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. <laughs> the reason is because I get to spend six months eating have a six-month sleep, and then I get to develop myself into a butterfly.
1: <laughs> can, we, can we cut that out? Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Same question. Is there, is there yes,
0: me? go on. What happened would
1: you, be? I'm caught. I'm, it's so boring, isn't it? But I'm, I'm caught in between two really kind of stock-boring animals. One, a cat, because you can literally do whatever you like right and he still get fed (laughs) god i (laughs) hope this isn't a personality (laughs) but it's like they live the the life of riley um and uh you know and that appeals to me (laughs) (laughs) and a labrador because i've got a labrador and i love their personality traits you know but it probably doesn't suit me because they're obedient and i wouldn't say i was particularly obedient but they are um (laughs) They are, I have one, so <laughs> I, have, I have a natural affinity to them. But I wish I could give you a cooler answer, like a shark. But, you know, I've done shark diving before and it's, it's quite scary. So it's not for me. Love that.
0: Well, thank you for joining me on on the sofa, SGI. <laughs> thanks for, <laughs> for having us. It's all right. Join us next time for our spooky special. I'll be joined by Davy and Jessie, and we'll be talking about why landing a job in recruitment doesn't have to be trick or treat. Thank you for listening to our first cast on the sofa with SGI. I've been your host, Demi, and we're really looking forward to bringing you along on our journey and giving you a glimpse of life at SGI. As always, you can find us on all major streaming platforms. If you like the show, tell a friend or give us a review. It really helps us out. We're on LinkedIn at Source Group International, and you can contact us via our website at www.sourcegroupinternational.com.